Welcome back, Leafs Nation, to the Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey D. And uh, despite the league uh, postponing more games, they're still going to be fun on today's show. Um, For today's show, well, I will talk about the uh, hot off the presses, the uh, more games being postponed. Uh, But then after that, a couple of notes from around the league. Um, Some surprising news from Winnipeg and some positivity coming out of Vancouver. And from there, uh, just a little bit of Leafs talk. Not a lot because, well, they've only really played one game since the uh, the last show. And I, I still do have a little bit of Leafs talk for today's show. Um, but then after that, to wrap up today's show, uh, the huge Marvel segment. Um, well, the Spider-Man segment. I'll have a spoiler-free review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, and then I'll do a top three Spider-Man video games, uh, as well as top three, uh, movies and books. And, uh, and then that'll be that. So to, to dive into it all today, uh, what was announced earlier this evening is the, uh, the league has postponed the cross-border game. So all the games featuring an American team playing a Canadian team, um, whether they're played in the U.S. or Canada, they've been postponed until up until uh, after the Christmas break. Um, it's it's a bummer, but it's the safer option. Um, there are talks ongoing about the players going to the Olympics. Um, it was refreshing to hear, you know, that it was more of a possibility of the players going to the Olympics, but. With the situation we're in now, maybe it'll be better to just hold off until the next Winter Olympics. Um, the NHL and the Players Association said that they're going to continue playing uh, the regular season throughout the shitstorm. Uh, they will postpone games on a game-by-game basis. Uh, honestly, I'm not holding my breath for a pause only because Gary Bedman is a greasy fucking rat. And that man is, he's always looking at the almighty dollar and continuing the show. If they pause the season, they pause the season. That's a safer bet, a safer option. But again, I'm not holding my breath until it actually happens. Um, but, uh, But how does this affect the Toronto Maple Leafs, you might ask? Well, the Leafs have been on a more of an extended break than originally thought because they were supposed to play... Calgary on Thursday, and then yesterday it was announced before the game that the game versus Vancouver and today's game versus Seattle would be postponed, and now with the news of the cross-border games, they were supposed to play St. Louis on Thursday uh, at home, but that is now postponed to a later date to be, uh, to be announced. Um, it's a bummer. They're now definitely not playing for another week. This will be safer because, uh, four of their players, uh, two of them are experiencing symptoms, but four of them are on COVID-19 protocols, Tavares, Betza. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer, but it's a safer option. You just got to hope for the best that everyone, uh, heals up and gets over this, uh, sooner rather than later. Um, hopefully we get out of this shit storm sooner rather than later. Um, moving on, 
surprising news from Winnipeg, and this even this blew up my phone a bit uh, Friday morning, uh, late early noon when it uh, when it had happened. But Paul Maurice uh, resigned as head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, he spent about nine seasons with the team since they've been relocated back from uh, well from Atlanta back to Winnipeg. Um, in that time, he has a winning record with them of uh, 315 wins, uh, 223 losses, and 62 overtimes. That's not bad. He's taken that team to the playoffs multiple times in his tenure. Uh, first round, second round exits, and I believe third round exit once. Uh, that was the, the year, the first year with Vegas in the, in the league. Uh, if I remember correctly, Winnipeg was one of the favorites to win the cup that year, but Vegas and their magical run was having none of that. Uh, but either way, it's uh, surprising to see that he's taken, he's uh, bitten the dust here saying goodbye uh, to the team. Um, he has not said if he'll come back or if he'll coach another team. Uh, maybe he'll take a bit of a break, kind of un unwind from all this COVID stuff. Uh, maybe he'll return to a new team come uh, next season, but we will have to wait and see uh, what he decides to do. Uh, now, for a hell of a segue, for one coach leaving and another one entering, Bruce Boudreau entered <laughs> enter the Canucks. Um, um, so Bruce has been with Vancouver for about a week or so now, but what's been fun to see is that team has really turned it around since Bruce has been there and the firing of Travis Green and uh, general manager uh, Jim Benning. Uh, since Bruce has been head coach, uh, that team is on a six-game win streak. And even what's been fun to see and hear is the uh, Vancouver fans in the stands shouting, Bruce, there it is! Um, just absolutely hilarious. Um, and, and it's good to see, you know, despite all the shit going on, it, it is good to see positivity like this and that the fans are having fun and they're going along for the ride now that the team, uh, has really turned it around. Uh, we'll see how they do going into the playoffs. If they can make a way into the spot, maybe pull a St. Louis from a couple of years ago where they were like dead last and then they came back to win it all. We'll have to wait and see, but it's, man, it's, it's good to see a little turnaround there. Um, now, moving on to the Leafs, not a lot of Leafs talk because they've only played one singular game, and they played Edmonton on Tuesday. They were in Edmonton. Uh, quick jersey note, what was cool to see was Edmonton wearing uh, their alternate jerseys. They're, they were in these uh, dark blue uh, jerseys with uh, orange striping on the top and uh, arms and uh, orange uh, the Oilers logo done up in orange uh, it had a very it has a very neon-esque feel to it like I absolutely love neon the neon aesthetic uh, even when uh, with the Dallas Stars they have an alternate jersey that's black and like a, a neon green I I, I dislike the Stars but I dig that jersey. I would love to see uh, more teams adapt uh, a neon jersey, uh, alternate neon jersey. That would be so sick. Um, but in this game, what had happened was this was fun to see. 
it's been happening a bit more often lately, and I can't wait to see it happen again, is players being mic'd up. So in this game, William Nylander and Tyson Berry were mic'd up for their teams. Uh, they were interviewing them during warm-ups. Uh, they showed clips of them after goals, uh, them celebrating. Uh, even it happened recently with the Leafs. They had Matthews mic'd up, and, and it was just awesome to see uh, especially after the goal where he was like, yeah, let's go. Uh, just absolutely fun to see. Uh, I can't wait. I, it's fun to see the league going in this direction with, uh, with player interviews uh, instead of just the intermission interviews. Um, I can't wait to see who gets mic'd up next, Leaf or not. Uh, it's, it's fun to see the league go down this route. Um, and now speaking of Matthews, because in this game, he had scored a goal on the power play. And, um, and the question I want to ask is, can Austin Matthews beat the Leafs goal record um, that's currently held by Rick Vive? Because uh, back in 81-82, uh, Rick Vive had scored 54-55 goals in, uh, in one season. Now, I bring this up because in the... Season that would be known or would be cut short by COVID, uh, going into March 2020, Matthews had about um, 47 or 48 goals, and and there were still about somewhere between 10 to 20 games left to play before playoffs had begun. It was very uh, as as blue as the sky, like it was clear as day that Matthews was going to beat the record that season. Had it continued, um, he did really damn well in the shortened season, but he was about 10 goals off in, uh, in that season. But in this season, so right now he has about 20 goals, or he has 20 goals on the season. Uh, honestly, now that we're a third of the way through the season, I feel he still can do it now that he's gelling. He, you know, despite not getting a goal or a point, in uh, a couple of recent games, he has been more consistent, at least since he's been scoring uh, scoring as of late. Um, I feel he can definitely hit it as long as he keeps up the, the trend of scoring one or two goals, uh, two goals a game. Um, right now, he's at 20. There's still a lot of hockey left to be played, and as long as uh, games, as long as games... Uh, less games are postponed. There's a, a faster chance that that happens, but uh, we just got to wait and see when those, again, those games are postponed, when they get uh, rescheduled for, uh, and again, how uh, active that Austin Matthews can be in those remaining games. Uh, I'm rooting for him because, of course, I am. Go, Matthews. Woo! Um <laughs> Uh, that's all the hockey talk that I had for this week. It's, it was kind of tricky considering not a lot of hockey happened. Um, but going into what not a lot of hockey podcasts have, a comic book segment. <laughs> um, no, honestly, we, we all know I'm a huge Marvel fan, comic book fan. Uh, Spidey is my boy. Uh, I was fucking hyped for No Way Home. This movie honestly satisfies in every way possible, in the best ways possible. 
the acting is on another level. Tom Holland is Spider-Man. Um, it, it, this movie was so good. The interactions between the villains, because he, so it's Tom Holland and he's fighting, uh, Spider-Man villains from his movie, the movie's past. So he's fighting, uh, William Defoe's Green Goblin, Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus, uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro. They're, they, it's so cool. Seeing them interact with each other is just a lot of fun. It's like Marvel was like, you know what? Let's have a sandbox of our coolest Spidey characters and just have them interact with each other. And this movie, was, it, it is just that. It was so good, so satisfying. The storylines wrap up incredibly well. In, incredibly well. Um, it is a bit of an emotional movie. There are some heavy scenes. Um, but it, it's all expected with the character of Spider-Man and the growth of Spider-Man. Um, it's, it's just so perfect. It hits familiar beats in new ways. It just wonderfully, um, honestly, it has been confirmed that, uh, Marvel and Sony are going to do a new trilogy featuring Tom Holland, Spidey in the MCU. Uh, I can't wait to see where they take the character going forward. Uh, but for this movie, you know what, a quick side note before I score it, um, this was the first superhero movie where I had a cheering crowd for the movie. Because um, in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, the crowds were cheering uh, when certain characters popped up. Lines were said. Action was had. The crowd went wild. Like, I remember in Infinity War, in the scene where Thor... Rocket Raccoon and Groot enter Wakanda. There was one guy that was near the front of the, the row of... Near the front in the theater. He gets up and he shouts, yeah! at that scene. Just absolutely energetic. Uh, just pure awesomeness. And this movie uh, had the closest experience I've had since the Panini and uh since those movies and it was just it was fun it was so much fun to have a crowd that was in it in it to win it um so now now on that out of 10 i'm giving this movie a 14 out of 10 the uh the highs of this movie really uh shadow the lows and even with the lows they're not too much of a bother i don't give a shit uh this movie is just too much fun uh, to nitpick and, uh, and worry about. Um, so I'm giving it a 14 out of 10. If you can safely go see this movie, I highly recommend you do. It is worth it. It's worth the investment. It's worth the time. Go see No Way Home. Um, and now to, uh, to wrap up the show, I'm going to do some top threes. Uh, top th I'm going to start with uh, video games and then I'll do movies and end with books. Uh, so for the games, uh, this game I, I adored when I played it as a kid. I would love to see it come back, uh, remastered for today's, uh, today's gamers on today's consoles. I'm talking about Ultimate Spider-Man. Now, this game was based on the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. It was even heavily, the storyline in that game was heavily based on the, uh, Venom storyline from the comics. And uh, it was faithfully well done. It, it was an original story, but with 
um, heavy influences from that story. Uh, and not only that, but not only could you play as Spider-Man, but you could play as Venom. And switching between the two was so cool, a lot of fun. Um, and uh, not only that, but even just... Well, like, the gameplay was a lot of fun, but the artwork was really cool because the art style that they chose for this game was they went for a shell-shaded uh, look, so it felt and looked exactly like you were... You, you had an interactive Ultimate Spider-Man book. Um, like, they adapted Mark Bagley's artwork to a T. It was uh, wonderfully done. That was a fun fucking game. Um, it, yeah, it definitely needs to get remastered for today's age. Uh, the next game I'm going to talk about, it's, it's another one that does need to get remastered for today's, uh, gamers, today's age. And it's, um, going in tune with this whole Spider-Verse theme, uh, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Now, this was a game from the late 2000s, early 2010s, if I recall, um, you play as four different Spider-Man. It's a level-by-level -level game, uh, level-by-level -level story. Um, honestly, it might have been a better choice to do that instead of an open-world game. Um, but it was a lot of fun because it's mainly Spider-Man fighting Mysterio. Um, it was very trippy. Uh, it was cool to have four different Spideys come together. There was, uh, well, regular Spidey, uh, Spider-Man Noir... Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man and uh, 2099, if I if I remember correctly, the fourth one. Um, but the story was really cool. The uh, gameplay, each Spidey had their own uh, their own powers, their own gameplay. It was really cool, like four games in one almost. Um, it was sick. It was awesome. I would love to see that game come back for sure. Um, and the final game I'm going to talk about is it's the most recent Spider-Man game, and it's the Spider-Man game for PS4. It has been remastered for PS5. Uh, there is a spin-off game featuring Miles Morales. Uh, I've yet to play that one. I'm looking forward to when I do. Uh, but the main one with where you play as Peter Parker, it's an original story. Uh, the characters are all done and uh, placed in their own positions. Uh, and it's it's awesomely done. This is a jam-packed story, a jam-packed game. Uh, lots of villains. Spidey's going up against the Sinister Six. Uh, it very much feels like an interactive movie. Uh, if you enjoyed No Way Home or if you've been on a Spider-Man movie marathon lately, uh, this game is definitely uh, what you need to jump into because it's such a... Um, fulfilling a side dish or an appetizer to go with the movies uh again because this game this video game feels like an interactive movie it is it is so cool it's so well done i can't wait for the second one that comes out in like a couple years whatever um but then also again when i get to the miles morales game whenever that happens um it's so cool so cool so that's all the spider-man games there are more Spider-Man 2, the Spider-Man game on PS1, um, but I feel like those are the three games I've been thinking about the most, uh, at least as of late. And now going on into the movies, because Spider-Man is a character that has had about eight or nine movies now, 
his own movies, an animated movie, and movies where he's featured in, in The Avengers even, um, which back in 2001, it was like, holy shit, Spidey will never be in an Avengers movie. Um, well, well, with movie rights and whatnot. Um, but the three movies I'm going to talk about for this list, the first one is the GOAT, one of the GOATs of Spider-Man movies, and it's Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2. Uh, this movie uh, had Alfred Molina in his legendary performance as Dr. Octopus. Uh, the classic Spider-Man storyline that was adapted was Spider-Man No More, uh, where in the comics, Spider-Man gives, uh, Peter Parker gives up being Spider-Man, and here he's having a midlife crisis, he loses his powers, he gives up being Spidey, uh, but he eventually finds himself and he gets back at it, uh, it is really encouraging, it's awesome, and the action scenes still hold up, uh, the fight scene on the subway is still one of the coolest fight scenes in cinema, uh, this is just a this is a legendary movie. Um, yeah. And uh, so the next Spidey movie comes from the Tom Holland era. This is the first uh, Spider-Man movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it is Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, one of the things that made me really giddy and excited about this movie is in the opening, like the uh, Marvel Studios intro, studio intro is they had a orchestra version of the uh, 1967 spider-man theme uh, going uh, uh playing and it it's so cool to hear uh such a classic tune being played before uh the the definitive uh cinematic version of uh of marvel spidey like it it's it was so cool and the movie itself it's so simple, but it's so awesome. It feels very, very much like uh, like a Spider-Man movie should, um, where he's low to the ground, he's helping out the neighborhood. Um, Tom Holland has a lot of enthusiasm, not just for the role of Peter Parker, but the role of Spider-Man too. He he balances both so perfectly, uh, and he has a lot of fun. Uh, in no matter no matter which uh, character he's playing, like he does such a fun job, um, and even Michael Keaton as the Vulture is just so badass. The uh, the scene where he's threatening Peter is still that still holds up because I still shit my pants seeing Michael Keaton threaten the fuck out of uh, out of Tom Holland. That was just it, that is a lot of fun. Um, so that is a movie you definitely need to check out. Um, and the last movie on this list is, it is now in the consideration for, you know, one of the best Spidey movies. It is the first animated Spider-Man movie, and it is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. What's cool about this movie, though, is it's not even a Peter Parker movie. It's, this is the first movie featuring Miles Morales as the main Spider-Man, um, and it's so cool because it's two separate storylines condensed and edited to uh, for this movie. On one hand, you have Miles Morales' origin story, which that's a whole thing on its own. And then on the other hand, you have the Spider-Verse storyline, which in the comics, it's Peter Parker and uh, all the Spider-Man from across the multiverse. They're coming together to fight 
uh, multiversal traveling uh, vampires. It's very much not what we got in the movie. What we got in the movie was Kingpin, uh, one of Spidey's classic villains, uh, trying to bring his family into his universe because his family in, in his own universe had died. Um, it's so well done. The artwork is spectacular. Um, the, uh, the sequel for this movie, uh, there was just a trailer released not too long ago and it looks like they're about to one up themselves. The animation looks just as good, if not better. Um, I can't wait for that to come out. And you know what, just before ending off the, the movies here, I'm going to give a quick shout out to No Way Home because that movie is pure live action joy. And even though I'm still digesting it, I think it definitely needs to be in the conversation uh, for best Spider-Man movie, maybe best superhero movie. Um, it, it is that good. Uh I'll, I'll have to think about it after a second, third, fourth, and fifth viewing of the movie. So <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> uh, and now for the final one, the final ranking, um, top three books, because that's the source material of the character. It's the source material of the stories. And the first book I'm going to talk about is Ultimate Spider-Man Volume, uh, volume 1. Now, why volume one, you say? Now, usually when I recommend people getting into books, I recommend the first volume because usually they, they do a clean slate going into a volume one. And with this volume one, it's the start of the Ultimate Spider-Man storyline. Uh, this was from way back in the late 90s, early 2000s. It came out around the same time almost as um, the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. Um, and even this, this graphic novel, this storyline is very on par with what's shown in that movie. Um, you have Spider-Man's origin. He's in high school, uh, and he fights the Green Goblin. Uh, you have the Green Goblin's origin in there as well. Uh, the only thing is Green Goblin looks like this giant Hulk monster almost. Um, but the thing is with the Ultimate Comics, uh, at least the earlier uh, parts of it with Spidey. Uh, it is drawn by Mark Bagley, and he has such a awesome style with his artwork. It's very there's an awesome motion to it. Like even though there's still pictures, there's a there's a motion to his artwork. It's very cool. Um, and, and again, I grew up on Ultimate Spider-Man, so uh, I have a bit of a soft spot for his art and these stories. Um, and not only that, but this was the first graphic novel that I bought. I saved up for about a month and a half, finally got it. And th this was way back in the day when the first Spidey movie came out too. Um, but then not only that, but this was 2009 or 2010. I went to Fan Expo Toronto. Uh, Stan Lee was there. I brought the book with me and I even had him autograph it. Uh, that book is like, that book is going with me when I get cremated. Like just that book is coming with me to the afterlife. Like that is, that mean that book means everything to me. Uh, definitely most prized possession, I would say. Um, so that is an awesome book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. it it's really good. It still holds up even today. Um, and the next book I'm going to talk about is it is a class a modern classic Spidey book. Uh, it was released in the mid 2000s. 
It is a uh, five-issue miniseries, Spider-Man Blue. Uh, what's cool about this is it's sort of a... The story is sort of done in a framework way where the story is being told by Peter Parker. He's, he's recording some tapes. Uh, he's talking to Gwen Stacy, who had passed on in the comics. And the story he's talking about are actual stories that happened in the early Amazing Spider-Man comics. Uh, I, I may be wrong on these, please correct me if I am, but the issues that this story takes pl place in between in is issues uh, 30 to 45, if I'm not wrong, uh, because it's, it's the very earliest uh, issues. Uh, even the artwork in this book are very old school. It has a Steve Ditko feel to it. Uh, very colorful, very awesome. Um, and not only that, but it's just such a beautiful, well-done book. Uh, like I look forward to every time I reread it because, uh, I tear up near the end. It's, it's just really well done, really beautiful stuff. Um, it's, it's well worth the time for sure. Uh, and the last book that I'm going to talk about, it's a more recent book. Uh, what's fun about this book is, well, I was sold on the idea of this book from when it was first announced, uh, but it's drawn by Mark Bagley, uh, written by Chip Zdarsky. He has a very humorous take, uh, a writing style even, um, but it is Spider-Man Life Story. And what, it, what this book is, is it's sort of an autobiography of Spider-Man. And it's, a, it's another uh, miniseries. It's five or six issues. In, so in the first issue, it's set in the 60s. Second issue, it's set in the 70s. Third issue in the 80s, so on and so forth. But what's cool about it, really cool about it, is it shows the progression of time as if, uh, you know, these heroes, Spidey, actually aged and had wear and tear on the bodies over time. So in, uh, in the 60s, he's a teenager and, and he grows up to be an adult in the 80s and 90s. Uh, but what's fun about it, too, is uh, there are familiar Spider-Man stories in this book. Uh, like the third issue in the 80s is Craven's Last Hunt. Uh, the 90s is uh, the Clone Saga. But it's not the Clone Saga or Craven's Last Hunt or the stories you're familiar with. It's... It's the generalization of those stories, but there are new twists to them. It's new, unexpected uh, routes that the uh, story goes down. And it's so, it, it's a lot of fun to see what could have been or what could be uh, just doing something different with the character, yet, uh, yet feeling very familiar. It, it's a very cool story. Um, and it's, that's another one that's definitely worth the time and investment. Um, so that's all the Spidey books. That's all the hockey talk. That's the Believers episode for today. Uh, I will be back. The show will be back on Monday next week. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any hockey to talk about. I'll figure something out. Don't you worry. Um, but, uh. But you know what? You can follow the show on Instagram and on Twitter at BeliefersPod. Uh, you can follow me on my personal Twitter at Michael underscore Dalson. Uh, until next time, 
Uh, be good, be safe, don't be a dick, and don't stop believing. And also, with great power, there must also come great responsibility. Peace!